just so glad to have you here. And uh, I'm Jay, I'm the lead pastor. If you're uh, joining us online, maybe for the first time or, or it's just been a few times, we just wanna say welcome. Glad to have you here. And uh, as we get going into our service uh, and, and get going through the rest of our service here, just uh, thankful um, that, uh, for, for everybody that's able to, to come together and get together and the ways that we can get together through online and in person are, are just awesome. Um, Got a few things to celebrate here uh, today. Um, before we get to that, I do want to say um, if, uh, if you are a, a regular, um, I guess, member of, of Connect Church and giving is a part of our worship as we come out of this worship time through song, uh, this entire service is really a worship service if you think about it. Uh, everything that we do is in worship to the Lord. And so as we say, God is first. And so we put God first in all that we do. And that includes our giving. And we can't do that, uh, do anything that we're doing without your support. And so we just thank you for that. You can give through the convenience boxes that we have uh, all over the building, or you can give like I do online, uh, connectchurch.xyz slash give. And thank you so much for your support there. Now, as we uh, get going, as I said, I've got something to celebrate here, and that is last week, for those of you that were here, you know that uh, we had a baptism service, which is awesome. We had 10 people get baptized last week, yes. Praise the Lord for that. And uh, part of our requirements for uh, becoming a member of Connect Church is biblical baptism. And so I'm excited to, uh, to announce that we have 16 new members of Connect Church as of... Uh, as of today, so just just want to praise God for that uh, and celebrate, uh, and I just want to pray. I want to pray over them, pray that the Spirit keeps moving through the room here as we get into God's Word in the next couple of minutes here as well. So will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful uh, for your goodness, Lord, as we sang about. Uh, God, you are so good, and, and Lord, that your goodness is running after us, Lord, as we run after you, and we're so grateful uh, for all that you do. God, I thank you for these that are joining our church. I thank you for our church family as a whole, God, for the fact that we get to be a part of the bride of Christ. It's an incredible thing. And Lord, I thank you for these uh, new members that are, are running after you through their obedience. Father, I pray for protection over them as they are uh, continuing to follow you in obedience. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, we can just embrace them, welcome them in as a church family, uh, as we always do. Uh, Lord, I pray your spirit would continue to move through this room. I pray that you would take every gift that is given, uh, and you would use it uh, to further your kingdom, to fill the streets of heaven. Uh, Jesus, I pray that, you're, uh, that as we read your word, Lord, that you would show us something that maybe we need to hear. God, challenge us, change us, help us to walk out of here with the name of Jesus on our lips. We, we love you, we praise you in your name. Amen. Amen. Uh, so last week we started talking about the idea that our words matter. As you've seen from the stage uh, and all of these different words that are up here, some of these are good words, some of these are bad words. I'm sure that you've done the math on that. And if you don't know which one is which, see me after. Um, we can talk. But um, words matter. And whether they're spoken, whether they're texted, whether they're posted, um, the words that we use play a crucial role in our lives in terms of our witness, in terms of our testimony to others. And even how we say things can be just as crucial as what we say. Uh, in the world in which we live, where words matter, you could say arguably more than ever, we're living through the biggest communication shift in the last 500 years. The way we communicate is so much different now than it ever has been. And we're going to look at, as we did last week and as we continue to look at, the power of our words because words matter. 
And so scripture teaches us about the source of our words, teaches us about the consequences and the ways that we can use our words for good and for God's glory as opposed to destructive ways. Because what we say, as we said last week, what we say reflects who we are because words matter. Uh, I don't know how many of you uh, grew up seeing Smokey the Bear on TV, on commercials, or who knows Smokey the Bear, right? Majority of us know Smokey the Bear, right? Um, how many of you remember this awful commercial? Go ahead and hold it. One day these rats were playing in the woods. One of these and that's no good. Listen to Smokey before you give it a try. Only you. Don't play with matches. Don't play with fire. Only you can prevent wildfires. Fire. Yeah, that's a that's a bop, right? It's right up there with uh, we don't talk about Bruno, but um, man, that was awful. Um, I, I don't know, but I remember, I don't necessarily remember that particular one. Um, I remember him saying only you can prevent forest fires. Somehow it changed to wildfires, and it's fine, I guess. But, um, but then apparently Pixar got a hold of Smokey, and now he looks like that. So, um, but yeah, Smokey the Bear, uh, the, the things that he's saying and things that he's teaching and I'm sorry, you're going to be remembering that song probably the rest of the day. And no, worship team, you're not going to have to learn that in the next week. I thought about it. Um, but Smokey the Bear, the things that he's teaching about fire and about fire safety are things that actually are very good things to learn and are, are applicable uh, in many ways to what we're going to be looking at today, too. Listen to this. According to the National Fire Protection Association, one in 20 home structure fires were started by smoking materials. That's 5%. And these fires caused uh, almost one in four, that's 23%, home fire deaths, okay? And one in 10 home fire injuries. So those statistics basically show us the reality that many deaths from, uh, from house fires are actually self-inflicted by someone smoking. Now, in a similar way, many of our damaged relationships are self-inflicted by the words that we say. And if we're not careful enough with what comes out of our mouths, we can start a fire. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in James chapter 3. Um, and for those of you that know your Bibles well and know what we're talking about, I'm sure you expected me to hit James 3 at some point. We're going to be camping out there this week and next. Uh, you can follow along in the Bible app. If you have the, the free Bible app, Version Bible app, you can just search in events for Connect Church in Akron, Ohio, and you can follow along with me right there. Um, but as you're turning there uh, to James chapter 3, let me give you just a little bit of background on, on the book of James and, and James, who he was. He was the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, so the person that wrote this, half-brother of Jesus, and I'm sure growing up with Jesus as your older brother, uh, probably no, uh, no minced words there. I'm sure that was easy as a younger brother with Jesus being your older brother. I'm sure he didn't say anything that he ever regretted saying. That was probably never an issue. And any of you with siblings know that that's a load of junk. Um, that that's, that's not true. But Jesus' brothers actually didn't believe that he was the Messiah 
until after his resurrection. So that's a really interesting perspective to have, thinking about what he's writing here as a leader in the church, because once he did believe in who Jesus was, he became a prolific leader in the early church. And so he writes this letter, and he spends an entire chapter talking about our mouth and talking about our words. And so let's start right here at the beginning of chapter 3 in verse 1. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways, and anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. I'm not going to lie and say that this first verse isn't a verse that keeps me up at night occasionally, right? Many of you should not become teachers because you, will, you know that you who teach will be judged more strictly. Yeah, absolutely. That's one that I think about often. At the same time, there is a bigger issue that he is talking about here than that specifically. Because controlling our mouth in general for anyone is so difficult as almost nearly impossible, if you really think about it. And to get that right, to get that right, you've obviously got to get your entire self under control. In fact, that's really what he's saying here at the end. Anybody who can get their mouth under control, they've probably got everything else handled too. Because that's the hardest thing to get under control. I think about people in my life that maybe I look up to as like spiritual giants, people that, that I think are just, you know, have, have a tremendous amount of wisdom and that, and that I respect a lot and that are just giants in the faith. And when I think about those people and I think about the season of life that they're in, a majority of them, if not all of them, uh, are older. And, you know, maybe 20 plus years, uh, my elder, and I think about that, and I think about this idea, and, and I think the reason that that is is because our mouth seems to be the last bit of human being to learn its lesson, and it takes a long, long time for us to learn that lesson, if you really think about it, which is why, as I've said, some of the most wise, humble, kind, loving people that I know are older because they've spent their whole life figuring it out. And, it's, and the last piece to be figured out is our mouth. Here's the thing. The more you talk, the greater the risk. Amen. Think about that. The more you talk, I'm hearing a lot of amens on that one. The greater the risk. The more you say, the greater chance you have to offend. Right? And it's the same with posting online. The more you post, the greater chance you have uh, to offend the greater risk. Now listen, I understand that today you can't say or post anything without offending everyone. That everyone is offended by everything and no one is allowed to have an opinion. And I understand that, especially if your opinion has biblical morals attached to it. I get it. At the same time, at the same time, we should push pause. I think a little more often than we do. Before we shoot our mouth off, before we post something, before we comment on something that could risk pushing someone to the wrong side of eternity. Because I think too often we do that. We're not thinking about the internal implications of everything that we say and everything that we post or everything that we text. And I'm not making a bigger deal out of this than it should be. In fact, it is a really big deal. Eternity is a big deal. And our words matter to that end. Proverbs 18:21 says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. 
Can't say it much simpler than that. If you dish it out, you better be ready to take it for good or for bad. But words of affirmation, words of encouragement, they can change the situation, can change the situation, can change the direction of the circumstance of where it's headed. On the other hand, it could gaslight it, it could start a fire, and it could burn the house down. And I know we've all seen it and can think maybe a situation or circumstance that you've either seen, been a part of, or know of. Let's keep reading through James 3 here. Verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder whenever the pilot wants to go or wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Only you can prevent wildfires. <laughs> it applies, does it not? Just as sure as an insignificant piece of wood that's a rudder on the back of a ship, of a huge ship, can steer it and turn this giant vessel. Or a little piece of metal in the mouth of a horse can take this powerful animal and steer it one way or the other. It doesn't take a lot. Our tongue, weighing a mere 20 ounces, that's all it weighs, can have the biggest amount of destruction that you can think of. Our tongue can either bring direction or destruction. We can bring direction or destruction. What can we do, though? What do we do here now? Because we've established, yeah, this thing's dangerous. It's the most dangerous weapon we have, is our mouth. So what do we do? What do we do about this? If it is ignited, can ignite the fires of hell, that sounds pretty serious. Well, I think about Acts chapter 2, and we read about another tongue of fire, and we're not going to turn there, um, but we read about another tongue of fire that came down and represented the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost on, on the disciples and all the followers of Jesus who were in the upper room, and this tongue of fire appeared on their head, it said. And amazing things happened from there. And from there, it led to worship, it led to witnessing, and it led to 3,000, yes, you heard that number right, 3,000 people being baptized at one time. We had a great baptism service last week with 10, 10 people, and that was amazing. And it's not about numbers, but we'd still be here baptizing if there was 3,000 people, right? Which is awesome. Praise God. I'll stay in the tank all day. It's fine. That's an amazing thing. But 3,000 people, and you know where that began? Yes, words matter because the words that were spoken that day, if you want to read that story, it's a really cool story. The words that were spoken that day led to 3,000 people coming to know Jesus and being baptized. But do you know where that began even before that if you back it up? Prayer. Begin with prayer. And so should we. We need to stop praying on each other and start praying for each other. Now, I know I'm getting a little cutesy here with this, but at the same time, it's true. We need to stop praying on each other and start praying for each other. Let me suggest that, that 
the times that you want to spend praying as opposed to praying are going to make a big difference because the less time that we actually are going after someone with our words and the more time we spend actually on our knees praying or even just in mid-conversation, maybe just take a step back, take a step off to the side and just pray to ourselves. a whole lot less damage is gonna be done and a whole lot more good is gonna be done. Listen, we can fire shots and we can pray on people with our words like nothing else can. We can do damage to people with our words in ways nothing else can. And it's not always about what we say to someone, but more times than not, it's what we say about someone. And that's called gossip. Yep. Yep. Look at Proverbs 26, 20. Fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. This is a really like duh verse. There's a lot of wisdom in a really short verse here that makes a whole lot of sense, right? Without wood, there's no fire. The fire goes out and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. Amazing, right? This, this shouldn't surprise us, but at the same time, it absolutely does. Listen, when you hear gossip, maybe pray silently in the spirit to keep your words busy before you join the conversation. Keep your, keep your mind and your words busy somewhere else. And if we listen to gossip, if we're listening to the put-downs, we're actually an accomplice in that fire that's ignited by hell. We can be an accomplice there, but, but if maybe we refuse to listen to that, if maybe we pray instead, maybe we pray before we even enter that conversation because you may have a good idea that the people or the conversation that you're about to step into, that you know it's probably gonna go there, Maybe you pray about it beforehand and then you allow the water of the spirit to douse the fire before it even really gets started. See, we can be godly damage control here. We can be damage control. Have you ever felt like you had to do damage control on a situation uh, because maybe something you said or something somebody else said, whether it was unintentional or intentional, I certainly have. Definitely have. Think about this too. There are not many sins that do not involve talking in some way. Think about it for a minute. Start thinking it through. There's not too many that don't involve talking in some way. We have to learn to choose our words carefully so that we don't cause harm to ourselves, so that we don't cause harm to those around us, because we have the potential to fire bullets or plant seeds. Our words can be bullets where they can seek, kill, and destroy and just take somebody out or they can be seeds that are planted and can grow into something beautiful. There is this universal language that God speaks and it is silence. Think about that. It's a universal language of the Lord. We need to work on that language a little bit more. The more we listen, the less damage control that there is to do. So many times in scripture, the Lord says to be still, to be quiet, to be calm. 
We know Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. It's on a sign in a cafe. Be still and know that I am God. There is so much power in silence when the Lord is involved. You're never totally gonna get away from having to do damage control. You'll never totally get away from that because people, right? But at the same time, what if, what if, instead of speaking right into something, what if we're a little more proactive instead of reactive? Proverbs 18.20, another short but powerful verse. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The right words bring satisfaction. In a world that seems to thrive on words that are negative, words that are judgmental, words that are destructive. Listen, people are starving for words that lift them up. And the body of Christ should be serving that meal all day, every day. The more your words encourage, the easier it is to point to Jesus. Think about that. The more your words encourage, the easier it is to point to Jesus. Anybody can be negative. We naturally go to the place of being negative. And when we do, how much tougher does it make it on ourselves to point people to Jesus? As opposed to being the positive one in the room. As opposed to being the one that's always uplifting. That's always telling people maybe the the good side of things and looking at, at the way God is working through things. It's so much easier to point people to Jesus when you're not negative Nancy in the room. I'm sorry if your name's Nancy. On March 26th, we're having an event uh, that's called Gospel Conversations. I talked about it last week. It's, a, it's an evangelism training event because we need to share our faith with the world because they need to know of the hope of Jesus. But if we don't have a plan, if we haven't been trained on how to do it, many, many people are freaked out about sharing their faith with other people. And this is a training event that will teach you how to do that in a very real, relevant way that's easy to remember and it's gonna be an awesome, awesome day and it's, and it's free, free lunch that day too. It starts at nine and we're done at 3.30 and you will have the opportunity that day to share your faith with somebody and it's gonna be a great, great day and we're gonna to continue to do some things like this because we are essential workers as the church. We're essential. We need to go out and be the church and we need to be trained up so that we can go out and share it but let me, let me put it this way. It's hard to share the good news of Jesus with somebody if our reputation is being a gossip, if our reputation is that we're known as somebody who lights fires with our words, it's really hard to share Jesus with somebody. It makes it much tougher. Our testimony matters. Our words matter in developing that testimony with other people. And if we've got a bad testimony from the beginning, how much are they really gonna listen to you about the good news of Jesus? People won't care how much you know about the gospel until they know how much you care about them. And a big part of them knowing that you care is defined by our words. So the connection point for the day. 
is to control our words because words matter. Control your words. Words matter. It's a real simple idea, but it's incredibly difficult and we're never gonna do it on our own. Our speech is incredibly difficult to control and it can cause a massive amount of damage. It can cause a massive amount of damage in our lives if we are not careful. But prayer, starting with prayer, it can be a big part of getting control of that because we're relying on the Holy Spirit's power instead of our own. When we rely on his power instead of our own, take some of the pressure off because we're focused on him and it's really hard to be focused on him with, and, and have our words be awful and have our words be damaging. And I'm not making a big deal out of something that's minor. I'm not. A whole chapter in the Bible is written on it. As they say, you know, if, if God says it once, we should pay attention. If he says it twice, you better really listen up. A whole chapter is on this and many other verses throughout scripture. Why? Because it's the hardest thing for us to get control of and because virtually every sin starts here and ends up here. Will you bow your heads with me? You might have been pushed away from Jesus by the words of other people. You might have heard some words from someone who claims to be a follower of Christ and it just pushed you completely away. And I'm so sorry if that's you because that was a person that was not Jesus. Words matter. And Jesus' words matter the most. Maybe you need to come back to the Lord or even discover Jesus for the first time. Give your life to Jesus today. I'd love nothing more than to talk with you, pray with you today. If you're watching online, uh, you can comment, you can put something in the comments, or you can even go to connectchurch.xyz slash next, and there's a whole lot of resources on our website to show you how you can know for sure that you're going to have a relationship with Jesus. It begins with confession and repentance and coming to the Lord, admitting that you're, not a, that, that, that you're a sinner, that you're not perfect, putting your your trust in him and him alone. He paid the price for you and for me, for anyone and everyone, so that we could have eternal life. You don't have to say all the right things. You don't have to have done all the right things because you know what? The only person who ever has is Jesus. And I know some people probably haven't said all the right things to you as well. Don't worry about their words. Listen to the words of Jesus who says, I love you. Father, I love you and I thank you so much that you love us. Lord, that your words are full of, of truth and full of love. God, that you are running after us. Father, I pray that all of us can take this challenge seriously as we really think through and process the words that we say and how we say what we say because it matters for eternity, Lord. People are never gonna know or care about what we have to say about you. If the words that we say, the reputation that we have prior to is awful. So Lord, help us to use 
words that are affirming, words that are encouraging, words that are loving, or maybe just no words at all. Maybe we need to speak your universal language of silence a little more often. Whether it's with people we talk to in person or things that we comment online or text messages, whatever that might be, God, I pray that you would just help us convict us where we need it. God, I pray if there's someone here who doesn't know you, who's maybe been pushed away from you by the words of others, I pray that they would hear your words now saying, I love you, you're my child, and I want nothing more for you than for them to be in heaven with you. God, I pray that your spirit would move in such a powerful way now that if someone's not 100% sure that they're gonna be with you in heaven today, they can know that. And they can know that for sure. Help us all as we tackle what is inevitably the toughest thing and that's controlling our mouth. Lord, help us to control our words because our words matter for eternity. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.